Welcome to the Heme Consult Podcast, a weekly inspiration infusion for women of color and hematology. Dear woman of color and hematology, Heme Consults is your personal space to rest, recharge, and renew your spirit with a weekly infusion of inspiration from hematologist Dr. Toyasi Anwemena. Every Sunday, Dr. Anwemena will remind you that you are a superstar and have everything you need to succeed in your incredible career as a hematologist. Welcome to the Hematology Sisterhood that will transform your world. Hello, welcome to Heme Consults. I am your host, Teresi Anwemena, hematologist, physician scientist, and educator. Today, I am beginning a three-part series titled Life, Death, and Resurrection. Today, I will be talking about life. And before I talk about life, here is my weekly encouragement to you, oh, woman of hematology. And I want to encourage you that your idea is exactly what we need. Yeah, you have some ideas that are are here to transform the field. Actually, honestly, are here to transform the world. But they're not mainstream. Your ideas are not the ones other people care about very much. Your ideas are not the ones that people want you to have. And so they're trying to suppress your ideas and they're trying to give you other more palatable ideas. But your idea is exactly what we need because your idea comes from the space of disruption. Yes, your idea disrupts the status quo. Your idea is what we call a disruptive technology that's going to make change happen in a dramatic way. See, all those things that they're trying to get you to do can only move things forward incrementally. So a little bit of change here, a little bit of change there, kind of change that doesn't even really keep up with inflation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so your idea represents a radical departure from what is accepted as the status quo. That is why it's going to change the field. That is why it's going to make transformation happen. And so your idea is needed here. And I just want to encourage you that your idea is exactly what we need. Please don't hide it. Don't bury it. Don't even do it on the side. Bring it out. Bring it into the open, celebrate, celebrate your idea. Bring it to the spaces where we will celebrate it for you. Come join us in the conversation at coagcoach.com so we can celebrate, celebrate your idea in our ongoing conversations because your idea, your idea is what will change the world. And yes, your idea does need to be bounced off of people. And yes, your idea needs refining. And yes, your idea will go through many iterations, but it is still it is still your idea. It is still a beautiful idea. It is still the idea that we need to transform this field. And so I want to encourage you this week, especially to you, you who is struggling or you who are struggling with whether your idea should just die, never see the light of day. And I'm going to say, please don't, don't hide your idea. Don't, don't put it away. I know they've told you to, but I'm going to say, don't do it. Because your idea is exactly what we need. And you know, you know the kind of change your idea, if realized, will bring. You know the lives that will be transformed. You know. 
I'm going to encourage you today that you would just take your idea and bring it to safe and trusted spaces and then let it blossom and grow into the amazing, incredible thing that it's going to be. Your idea is amazing. It's incredible. And I ask you to please be courageous and share your ideas with us. All right. Let's talk today about life. <laughs> yes, we're talking about life and hematology. And I'll start off by sharing my story of not life, transitioning into life. When I started my faculty career, I may have shared in one of our earliest episodes about how I just, I didn't know exactly what research I wanted to do. I just know that I wanted to do research. I just knew that doing research was for me. I knew that that's what I wanted to do. And the exact kind of research, I wasn't exactly sure. I just knew. I just knew it was research. And so when I started, I, I had great mentors who told me all these lovely ideas of all the things I could do. And none of them actually, actually a lot of them didn't resonate with me, but here I was trying to do research and they told me these are the best ideas. <laughs> and so I believed them or actually maybe I didn't believe them fully, but I accepted their advice because, hey, they're further ahead. They've clearly succeeded in this space. They have the grant funding that I'm pursuing. And so why not, right? Why not follow the tried and true advice? And this is how I found myself doing cardiology research. Hmm. <laughs> somebody recommended it to me they said this is the great place to start and I you know one thing I have is what people at my church would call the finishers anointing I finish what I start and if you tell me that I'm supposed to do something I will go I will do it all the way to the moon and back and so when I was offered this project in cardiology which is not hematology for those of you who weren't paying attention I, I took it because it was recommended to me. And I, I thought, you know, I, I can always make great things out of nothing. And I started really working hard on this idea and expanding it. I even published papers in it. I wrote grants in it. And all along, it just kind of wasn't the work I wanted to do. It wasn't. I mean, but it was recommended to me. And so I, I did it. And grant after grant after grant was rejected. And actually, numerous publications were also rejected. And finally, I had this grant rejected where I got feedback. There's some, a lot of foundation grants, you may not get feedback, but I got feedback on this, this particular one. It was unorthodox, unusual feedback. I won't even tell you what the grant to which I applied was because it's still an active grant that can be applied for. But someone said, hey, can I talk to you in private? <laughs> I mean, it wasn't really private. This was totally legit, guys. There was nothing illegal or shady going on here. But we had a conversation. And he said, you know, one, one thing we're worried about, we're worried about, we're worried about your mentor. And I was like, what? Why? And he wouldn't tell me. He said, well, I can't really go into it, but, but we're a little worried. And it wasn't until later on that they were like, well, how is it that you, a hematologist, are doing a project in cardiology? I finally found out later, much, much later. How? How did, how did you get steered in this direction? How did a hematologist, all amazing, powerful hematologists, who could do so much in hematology? What, what, what is she doing in cardiology? And that was the question people were asking, but nobody had the courage to ask me, or maybe they it's not that they lack the courage. It, it's not that they lack the courage. It's just that, you know, it, 
what are you going to do? You're from outside the institution. You trust that people are working with mentors who actually are moving them forward. And I'm not saying my mentor wasn't moving me forward. I'm just saying that there I was trying to do something that I actually didn't really care about. Because here's the thing. Yeah, I was doing all this work. You would have thought that I was really, really serious about this, that I really, really loved this project. But I was doing it because I was told that it was the kind of project I should be working on. I I was just working because I was asked to. And it was a drudgery. Oh my goodness. I dragged. Every grant I submitted, it was just so heavy on me. It just was like, oh goodness, I've got to submit this grant again. And to be honest, there was a little bit of relief each time the grant wasn't funded because I was like, I don't want to do this work. I don't want to do this work. Thank God it wasn't funded, which is totally the wrong attitude. Like why invest all this time and energy into writing a grant that you actually don't want funded? But I wasn't, I mean, I didn't know this overtly. I think I was just, I was just trying to get money. Like, oh, I just want money. I just want money. And this is what they told me will succeed. <laughs> And somehow it wasn't succeeding. And I didn't put two and two together. The way this project kind of just wasn't, it didn't energize me. It just, uh, it was such a struggle to do. And then something changed. I'll talk about that a little bit later. But something changed where I started letting go of this project, which had been recommended to me that I'd actually put a lot of effort into. And I started taking on another project on the side in secret. <laughs> and I started working on this project because, you know, this was the one I actually wanted to do. And it was in secret because sometimes I would bring it up and and I would be questioned about why I was wasting time on, on something that wasn't going to yield anything significant. You know, it's like, you're not going to get funding on this project. No one cares. I heard that a lot. No one cares. But you know, honestly, I cared. And the other project that they really cared about, I, I didn't care about. And honestly, I kept doing this thing for about three, four years of my career. I was pushing forward this project that I didn't care about, submitting grant after grant after grant. Until finally, I started doing the project I cared about first on the, on the down low, you know, on the DL, on the side where nobody could see me. And then gradually and slowly but surely, I began to expand into more of what I was doing because you know what? The more I did it, the more I enjoyed doing it. And it just oof, was such a place of joy and such a place of excitement. I really enjoyed doing the work. And every time, because the other project was still the main, the main, I would go back and I would do it and you know, I would show up, check all the boxes. And then I would go back to the project that really, really excited me and made me feel good. <laughs> I feel like I was contributing in this world. Until finally, I just decided to let go altogether of the project that didn't bring me joy. And I mostly, mostly occupy now projects that bring me joy. All right, that's the story. I know, I'm, I'm very generic in these stories. You're like, tell me more. And, you know, names and locations are protected <laughs> so that people can maintain their anonymity. But if we meet in person, I will tell you details, okay? All right. But here are the lessons that come to me from that space. Pay attention to how you feel about these projects that are recommended to you. Pay attention. You know what? 
part of my recognition that I wanted to move away from this space of things that were recommended was when I started working with an executive coach. Shout out to Judith. Judith, thank you for all the work you've helped me do. And I started working with Judith and Judith started to show me the importance of connecting how I feel with what's going on. Oof, it was hard for me. I, I would just wake up in a funk and I wasn't sure where it was coming from. And it would take me a long time to figure, oh, it's this project again. But the work I was doing in the space of executive coaching allowed me to connect my bad feelings with the thing that was causing the bad feeling. There was such a separation for me recovering people pleaser that I am, that I couldn't always connect the two. It was taboo to connect feeling bad about a project recommended by a mentor. When I finally started to do that work of connection, I'm like, huh, this feeling bad connects with this project. And I started exploring that a little bit more and recognizing that it really wasn't work I wanted to do. That was a hard place. (laughs) That was the first lesson, was making the connection between my feelings of low energy and hedonia in this space and this work that I was doing. It kind of didn't energize me, but drained me that I was secretly glad about when it didn't succeed, even though I was sad. Oh, all these contradictory emotions existing in this one person. I mean, I wanted the work to succeed because I hate to waste time and put in effort where the work is not going to succeed, but I also didn't want it to succeed because I really knew that doing it more would drain me more. But I didn't make that connection until I did the work of connecting the feeling to (laughs) the thing that was causing the bad feelings. And so I think the lesson is that there is a need for awareness about the things that we do in the space of hematology that don't energize us. Well, then I think lesson number two is what do we do with that? What do you do when you recognize that, wow, there's this thing I'm doing that drains me that I actually really don't want to do even if it's recommended to me because by this time, I published some papers in this space. By this time, I'd submitted some grants in this space. And, you know, a grant is really about as good as how far you're prepared to take it. And so just because you get rejected doesn't mean you stop writing the grant, doesn't mean you don't refine it and resubmit it. But it took so much from me just to write these grants. Like each time I wrote it, it was like such a Herculean effort because it trained me so much. That honestly, to try to like put it together and write it again was so hard and so challenging. So now I had to ask myself, what are you going to do with the space where you've invested so much I've gotten not much out of it. And I actually, honestly, I wasn't sure. Like, do I just walk away from my investment? Do I give up this work that I've invested in this space in cardiology? And the answer is yes. Yes, you give it up. Yes, you've invested a lot of time and effort and energy into it. But wow, look at what it's costing you just to maintain the charade of doing a project that you couldn't care less about. Because you have something else that's burning deep inside you. And so number one is to recognize the feelings and connect them to the action, the actions that are driving the feeling. Just name it. Call it by name. (laughs) Call it by name. Oh, you project that is draining my life energy. Call it by name. Because the moment you call it by name, 
the moment you recognize the thing that's engendering bad feelings, you can now decide what to do about it. You get to make that decision. Nobody's making that decision for you, but it will take work. It will take work. And for me, it took the work of working with a coach in this space and not just my executive coach, but I have a peer mentoring group. We meet once a week to give each other accountability. And one of my accountability partners, Marissa, is the first to point out, yeah, you say you're excited about this, but you're not. Because <laughs> they can see, they can see your face and it doesn't match the face of an excited person. And so by working through the feelings and having the accountability needed to be true to myself, I was really able to get to the space where I decided, oh, I don't want to keep putting energy in this space. Yes, I have invested a lot of time and energy and effort and there are papers that have come out of this space and there are grants that have been written out of this space, but I don't, I don't want to do it anymore. I don't want to do it anymore. And then that's where we enter into lesson three, expand the space. So the thing that brings you energy and joy, expand it. I say this a lot. And this is, this is a recurring theme in anything you're doing. Like I was doing things on the side because the things on the side were the things I actually cared about. But what I really needed to do was to bring them out from being on the side and bring them into the mainstream. I needed to bring them out to be the main thing. And when I started doing that, all these ugly feelings, feeling drained, feeling like life energy was being sucked out of me, they went away. They mostly went away. <laughs> I'm still letting go of them. Because one thing you find is if you especially resonate with someone like me, who I was in the past, where I just, if they told me I was supposed to do it, I'd just go do it. You'd be like, this is what helps you accelerate your career. I'm like, oh, okay, let me do that. This career development program will help you. Okay, I go do that. And then another mentor would say, oh, Teosi, this is the, this is the program I recommend for you. I'm like, uh, uh, I don't know if it's rain, but okay, you recommend it. I was that person. So I was doing that kind of thing. So ultimately I accumulated a lot of stuff that other people told me was good for me. that I really did only because they said it was good for me. I suspect that there are some of you like that out there who were like me doing a lot of things that were recommended to you that you wouldn't be doing unless it was recommended. And wow, you got a lot of life energy draining out in many, many, many different directions like I had. And so when you start to do the work of connecting your feeling of, of being drained, of your life energy leaving you each time you're doing things, you recognize that there's a lot, a lot of these projects that you need to let go of. And you know what? It's hard to divest yourself of all of them all at once. And there's a real cost to divesting yourself of them. There is. And some mentors who recommended this project strongly will be mad. But the cost to you is greater. The cost to you is greater. And I want to say there is real fear in divesting yourself of these projects. There is real fear. The cost to you is greater. The cost to you of not divesting yourself of these things that drain you means that you are consistently drained. And you know what? Not many miracles, not much good can come out of the space of someone whose life energy is being drained. And then for some of you like me, you start to have successes in these spaces that are draining you. And instead of celebrating the successes, you're actually kind of sad. 
because now it means you have to do more of this thing that you don't actually want to do. I actually just want to take a moment and just, and just mourn, mourn with you, mourn with me, who I was in that space where I was just doing all the stuff that I didn't want to be doing. I did it because it was recommended to me. They said it would advance my career. And I felt like I was just doing incremental work. I felt like I was doing work that didn't count. It was just draining me. And I just want to mourn that space that I was there that you might be, might still be there or someone you know might still be there in that space where you're doing all the things that are recommended, you're checking all the boxes, but boy, do you hate it. Boy, is it hard to drag yourself up out of bed every morning to do it. So I think I want to call you to action. I want you to think, think about those spaces that drain you, those projects that just... They seem so hard to lift a finger to do. What are they? Can you just, just maybe take the first step and ask, what are the things that I'm doing that I really hate doing that I don't want to do, even though it's highly recommended? Can you just maybe ask that question? And then the second question I want you to ask is, how can I divest myself of some of these things? Actually, really all of them, but just start with one. Let's start with one. How can I divest myself of just one of these projects. And I want to I want to ask you to stay, stay with that one until you are successful in divesting yourself of that thing because the moment you do it, you receive courage and energy to divest yourself of the next thing and then the next thing and the next thing after that until you've gotten rid of a lot of projects, a lot of committees, a lot of things, a lot of work that you're doing that kind of drain you, don't really excite and encourage you. And then number three is what are those things that energize you? What are those things that bring you life? Oh my goodness, in hematology, our job is about life. It's about bringing forth life. And you know how you bring forth life to others is when you have life in yourself, when the things that you do energize you, you are able to bring forth life in someone else, in your patient, in your student, in your trainee, in the people who work around you. Life comes from you into them because you're so full of life at the things that you're doing. You have energy to do them. And that energy propagates new energy that, that really births new life. <laughs> so I encourage you. What are those spaces? What are those projects that give you energy and bring you joy? Can you find more of them? Where? Where? You can. Where can you find more of them? You can find more of them. Where? Where? Where are those projects? Find them. Find more of them. And only do only them. <laughs> do only those projects that bring you light. So that brings me to the end of this particular episode, talking about life in hematology. I just want to encourage you to choose life in hematology. Just choose it. The space that I was in at the beginning, I was choosing, I was choosing not life. I was choosing not life. Choose life. Choose the things that energize you. This week, I'm going to ask you to choose one thing, one thing to do that brings you life. And here's the thing. Here's a secret, actually. 
you would think that the first step is actually to to divest yourself of the things that drain you. And, and honestly, that's an important first step, but it's a harder first step. What's easier is to find the thing that gives you life and expand it. And the more you expand the things that bring you life, the less room there is for the things that don't. And so turn it on its head. Maybe if it's not working out for you to divest yourself of the things that drain your energy, start first with accepting the things that bring you energy and then see that space expand, see that space grow and then come and tell me about it. I want to hear about it. I want to hear about the way you are expanding your life in hematology because that makes a difference in our field. I'm excited to hear about it. I'm excited to see the lives that are transformed, the lives that are transformed through it. A woman of color in hematology. I started out this podcast telling you that your idea has value. Your idea is exactly what we need. And your idea is what brings you life, is what energizes you. And so please don't put it aside. Don't believe what they've told you. This week, I want you to take your idea and just bring it out a little bit. You don't even have to bring it all the way out. Just bring it out a little bit and see. See what happens. Choose the space carefully. But bring it out a little bit. See what happens. And then, and tell me about it. Have a great week. We'll see each other next time. Take care.